sense or perceptions at times may focus on myths and mythology, which are just the same, but in the strictest of sense, they really aren't. I am not conflating the two issues, but rather trying to make sense of the role of myths without taking literally their references to gods, monsters, or the supernatural, especially its place in culture, in context, that connotes the scrutiny of myths and whether our perceptions are influenced by our individual differences and preconceived notions. In my view, the aforesaid is perceived as an utterance which in this context, consciously or unconsciously, is functioning as a request for information, which is expected to be provided in the form of an analytical conversation. Plausibly, this theory posited suggests that linguistics may or may not have anything or nothing to do with perception. Likewise, this perspective draws our attention to the stark reality that scholars who in other fields use the term myth in varied ways. In a broad sense, the word can refer to any traditional story, popular misconception, or imaginary entity. Consequently, juxtaposing the above theory, namely, use the term myth in varied ways against the theory that different cultures group individual colors differently and thus give them names according to how they categorize them, perhaps borders on conceptual combination, which is a fundamental cognitive process by which two or more existing basic concepts are mentally synthesized to generate a composite higher order concept. The products of this process are sometimes referred to as complex concepts. Combining concepts allows individuals to use a finite number of concepts which they already understand to construct a potentially limitless quantity of new related concepts. In this intellectual discourse, the same becomes an essential component of many abilities, such as perception, language, synthetic reasoning, creative thought, and abstraction. Likewise, contextually, there are so many descriptive alternative words which can replace myth, especially from the thesaurus. This theory presupposes that the words such as allegory, fable, folklore, ideology, legend, parable, story, tale, tradition, and legend are also expressive surrogates of myth. Of note, myth is a folklore genre consisting of narratives that play a fundamental role in a society such as foundational tales or origin myths. The main characters in myths are usually gods, demagogues, or supernatural humans. Stories of everyday human beings, although often of leaders of some type, are usually contained in legends as opposed to myths. 
In this space, I have discovered that there is philosophical mythology, allegorical mythologies, renaissance, enlightenment mythologies, comparative mythology, and ethnic mythology. The early history of mythology may be summarized by saying that from the first flowering of scientific rationalism in Greece during the 6th century BCE until the revival of scientific rationalism in the 17th century CE, allegorical mythology of one kind or another was the one method employed for studying myths. As the Enlightenment approach, allegorical approaches were overtaken and incorporated into the new, more scientific comparative mythology. Comparative mythology, in turn, give rise to several related schools. The nature school made comparisons among the world's myths to determine what key environmental or cosmological factor gave rise to myth. The ethnological school made comparisons among the world's myths to discern a people's folk spirit, their essential ethnic qualities. The most intense form of ethnological school, which culminated in the Orion hypothesis, coupled comparisons of the world's myth with intensely racial and nationalistic political ideologies. Toward the end of the 19th century, however, interest began to wane in unverifiable theories about the Ur myth and partisan arguments about a people's folk spirit. A new school of mythologists was waiting in the wings to shift the conversation away from questions about tale types and Ur people to the matter of how living mythic traditions function in so-called primitive societies. All things being equal, the aforesaid explanation may be one of the reasons why in some academic circles the term myth properly refers only to origin and cosmonautic myths. For example, many folklorists reserve the label myth for stories about creation. Traditional stories that do not focus on origins fall into the categories of legend and folk tale which folklorists distinguish from myth. In view of the statement expressed before gives me understanding how to navigate the representation of a language in this text. Therefore, I must confess that the aforesaid language and words can be explicitly and implicitly decoded. However, a word of caution though, the decoding process is contingent on my cognitive skills, coupled together with the provision to understand the relationship between text and meaning according to Jacques Derrida. Further to the said point, the assembling of words becomes the underpinning of this text and can be interpreted as a technique in understanding human codes. This view 
is supported by Ferdinand Saussure, who espoused the view that linguistics was only a branch of a more general semiology, a science of signs in general, human codes being only one part. Therefore, I would not hesitate in concluding that every culture in the world has had and still has some type of mythology. The classical mythology of the ancient Greeks and Romans is the most familiar to people in the West, but the motifs found in these stories are echoed in others around the world. The great tale of Prometheus, the firebringer and teacher of humanity, is echoed in the Chinese tale of Foxy. The story of Noah and her creation of human beings in China resonates with another from the other side of the world. The story of creation from the popular Wu of the Maya, in which humans are created who can do nothing and prove useless, but in the Maya story are destroyed and the gods then try again. The same motif appears in the mythology of Mesopotamia, where the gods struggle in creating humans to keep coming out poorly. What is very perceivable, long before human beings set down their myths in words, they had already developed a belief structure corresponding to the definition of myth provided by Leech and Fried. To add value to this discourse, it is imperative to insert the view mythology since it binds us closer and provide us with a shared sense of community. Though we may lead atomized lives as husbands, wives, sons, daughters, professionals and members of this or that nationality, we are bound together through shared myths. This thinking corroborates the view espoused by psychiatrist Carl Jung that myth is a necessary aspect of the human psyche which needs to find meaning and order, thus instilling a desirable cultural value. Jung further adds that the oldest myth in the world is not surprisingly a psychological myth relating to the inevitability of death and the individual's attempt to find meaning in life. Again, we observe that there are many cultures around the world have interesting myths about the sun reflecting its importance in all our lives. Myths tell the stories of ancestors and the origin of humans and the world, the gods, supernatural beings and heroes with superhuman, usually God-given powers. Myths also describe origins or nuances of long-held customs or explain natural events such as the sunrise and sunset, the cycle of the moon and the seasons or thunder and lightning storms according to Joshua J. Mark. Scholars Maria Leach and Jerome Fried define mythology along with these lines. Myth, a symbolic narrative, usually of unknown origin and at least partly traditional that ostensibly relates actual events and that is especially associated with religious belief. It is distinguished from symbolic behavior, cult, ritual, and symbolic places or objects, temples, and icons. Importantly, 
We understand it as that myth is a traditional story which embodies a belief regarding some fact or phenomenon of experience and in which often the forces of nature and of the soul are personified. A sacred narrative regarding a god, a hero, the origin of the world or of a people. On the other hand, mythology is the collection of myths. To summarize this conversation, it appears that myth is a story or tale which explains how the world came to be in its present form. Mythology is a collection of these myths or a study of these myths. In Edophora, there's a view that many are still confused between the differences between a myth and mythology. In casual talk, the two are just the same, but in the strictest sense, they really aren't. Another opinion suggests myths provide life with meaning because humans seek to understand our existence, not to mention the fact that there's plenty of mythology in our culture. According to Richard G. A. Buxton, in traditional pre-industrial societies, myths form perhaps the most important available model of instruction since no separate philosophical system of inquiry exists and as far as I'm concerned, there will always be myths and culture as long as global citizens occupy space in the precincts of this global space. This thinking corroborates a view espoused by psychiatrist Carl Jung that myth is a necessary aspect of the human psyche which needs to find meaning and order, thus instilling a desirable cultural value. Jung further elaborates that the oldest myth in the world is not surprisingly a psychological myth relating to the inevitability of death and the individual's attempt to find meaning in life supports the theory. Myths in culture was framed in 10 chapters in ISBN 978-976-965-1234.